On this episode of the Funeral Cast, I fly solo and look at two of the most famous preserved bodies from an article I found, which I will link to in the show notes. Full disclosure, I am terrible at pronouncing some of the names and places. I apologize for that in advance. You can send your language advice to bschmidt at frigidfluid.com. But before we start on our list, a word from our sponsor. In 1891, Albert Richardson invented the butter churn, changing the game in the food industry forever. Three years later, he invented something game-changing for the funeral industry, the casket-lowering device. Twenty years later, Frigid received their first patent for a lowering device and has been hand-making them in North Lake, Illinois for over a hundred years. Seriously, people, they have an anvil right next to their modern fabrication equipment. Their quality lowering devices can be found all over the world, and they are backed by their maintenance and support staff. The next time you are at a graveside service for someone special, either as the funeral director or attendee, look for those cursive letters that spell F-R-I-G-I-D. First on our list is Rosalia Lombardo. Rosalia Lombardo is an Italian child who died in 1920 and whose embalmed body is on display in the Capuchin catacombs of Palermo, Sicily. She is one of over a thousand mummies in the catacombs and was one of the last people admitted. She passed away of bronchial pneumonia, a disease that is caused by a bacteria, fungi, or virus and is an infection that inflames the air sacs in one or both lungs, causing them to fill with fluid or pus. From an embalming standpoint, the presence of moisture is always an issue because it provides an environment favorable for the breakdown of the body's proteins and a favorable environment for bacterial growth, which makes her preservation for over a hundred years even more magnificent. Rosalia Lombardo's preservation, as I mentioned, is quite remarkable as her body appears to be lifelike due to the unique for the time embalming techniques used. She was embalmed by Alfredo uh, Salafia, a renowned embalmer at the time, using a combination of formalin, zinc salts, alcohol, glycerin, and other chemicals injected into her femoral artery. This process resulted in excellent preservation and Rosalia's body has been well-preserved, as I mentioned, for over a hundred years. The formula had remained secret until 2009 when the Capuchin Catacomb Science Director, Dario Piombino Mescali, tracked down some living relatives of Salafia who had a document that revealed his procedure and solution mixture. For the time, this would have been a pretty unique mixture for embalming, as formaldehyde would have just been gaining in popularity. The formalin itself would have done the disinfecting and cross-linking of proteins as it does in modern embalming. The zinc salts and alcohol would have managed any remaining moisture to prevent decomposition, and the glycerin can act as a humectant to ensure that she didn't dry out. Now she rests inside a glass-covered coffin saturated with nitrogen gas to prevent decomposition. Fascinatingly, she is also known as the mummy that blinks. There are two thoughts on this phenomenon. Some say it's due to the 
temperature inside the crypt that causes her eyelids to contract. However, the curator of the catacombs believed that this is actually an optical illusion caused by the reflection of light on the coffin surface. He discovered this in 2009 when workers had moved the coffin and giving a better angle on her eyelids. He realized they are not completely closed and never were. Her presence and appearance were the subject of National Geographic documentary Girl in the Glass Casket, where researchers use x-rays and a CT scan to examine her more closely. In an article published in the Annals of Anatomy, it is revealed that she is very well internally preserved, allowing researchers to provide a detailed examination of her internal structures that are not obscured by metal and other ornaments inside her casket. I will provide a link to the study in the show notes. As kind of an aside here, I watched this documentary and took umbrage with one of the items they found in her casket, a glass bottle under her head. The narrator speculated on its purpose, suggesting it was slowly releasing embalming chemicals, and it was obvious to me that it was placed there in order to position her head on the pillow. This technique was common for many years for funeral directors, and it is no longer considered ethical because embalming fluid bottles are considered to be garbage and should not be used for positioning. The positive outcome of Rosalia's examination has led to more research on other people in the Capuchin catacombs. Of the over 1,000 people in the catacombs, 163 of them are children. The new project will begin with the examination of 41 children whose remains are in the child chapel in the catacombs. The researchers hope to build a profile of each child and learn more about any developmental issues or pathologies they might have had. The researchers also hope to use cultural context such as their clothing to understand why these children were not buried in a more typical fashion as opposed to being allowed to mummify in the catacombs. Now a little history on the catacombs. Prior to the creation of the catacombs, the monks buried their dead in a mass grave. When the grave became full, they built a new cemetery in which to place the bodies. During the exhumation, they found 45 mummies that were still recognizable. Deciding this was a miracle, they displayed these people instead of reburying them. This led to the catacombs becoming a popular resting place for wealthy donors from the 17th to 19th centuries, where the monks would allow the rich people to be mummified and put on display. However, that process was different than both Rosalia's embalming and modern embalming techniques. Those people had their organs removed and their body cavities filled with straw and left in a low humidity room to dry out for a year. After that, they were washed with vinegar and put on display. This method is closer to the ancient Egyptian mummification techniques as compared to modern embalming through arterial injection. You can still visit the catacombs for the approximate amount of $3.40 and view the bodies that range from well-preserved to partially skeletonized.
Don't you just love it when your favorite company comes out with a new website? How about when it features new products? Well, you are in luck. Frigid's website is new and is featuring new products such as introductory packs for our different fluid lines as well as embalming kits for specific embalming cases such as edema and jaundice. But don't worry, we have kept plenty of information on and demonstrations of the most modern embalming machine available, ways to schedule services for your cemetery devices to make sure those graveside services run smoothly, and of course, our educational videos that help you figure out what to do and why you are doing it. Frigidfluid.com is just a quick click away, so come see what is new and visit some of your old favorites. The Taloon Man is the next one on our list. The Taloon Man is a well-preserved bog body discovered in 1950 in a peat bog near the village of Taloon, Denmark. The body is believed to date back to the 4th century BCE during the pre-Roman Iron Age. The Taloon Man was found by peat cutters. Now, peat can be used as a um, many different things and so this is a common job. They initially mistook the body for a recent murder victor, victim. However, further examination revealed that the body was incredibly well preserved due to the unique conditions of the bog, which had preserved his skin, hair, and even internal organs. The body was found in a fetal position with a rope around its neck. The discovery of the Tulund Man provided valuable insights into life during the Iron Age in Northern Europe. The cause of the Tulund Man's death was determined to be strangulation, likely as part of a ritual sacrifice. His body, along with other bog bodies discovered in Northern Europe, has shed light on ancient rituals and beliefs as well as the religious and social practices of the time. The Taloon Man is now displayed at the Silkborg Museum in Denmark, where visitors can learn about his story and the significance of his discovery. The remarkable preservation of the Tulund Man continues to provide valuable insights into our understanding of the past. One of those things is what people from more than 2,000 years ago ate. After the body was discovered, researchers examined his intestinal tract to see what his last meal was. Before you get too excited about this, it turns out it's pretty boring. It would appear that he ate barley, seeds, and bony fish. The food crusts themselves show that it was probably cooked in a clay pot. Now, on the other hand, more interestingly, this examination also showed that he had three kinds of parasites, likely from drinking infected water and eating undercooked meat. I guess he should have read the warning at the bottom of the menu. Also notably, because this was likely a ritual sacrifice, researchers wondered if he was given anything special to eat. Sadly, the answer was no. That is, of course, unless the contents of his stomach were his favorite foods. It is unknown whether or not those conducting the sacrifice knew the bog would preserve his remains so well. What's more interesting to me in any case is how the peat bogs preserve bodies so well. As I mentioned, the people who found the Tulun man thought he might have been a recent murder victim. The preservation of the body is all about the sphagnum moss. Any water or dirt caught beneath the moss will stop oxygen from getting to it 
from the atmosphere because the moss will soak it all up. It also soaks up any calcium and magnesium which will turn the water and soil acidic. You know who hates these kind of conditions? Bacteria and fungi. You know who is excellent at decomposing organic material? That's right, bacteria and fungi. As a result, the moss and anything in it decomposes very slowly, leaving behind well-preserved bodies with weakened skeletons. You can find out more about the process of how a bog body works by reading the article I will put in the show notes. And stand by, there will be more peat bog bodies on upcoming episodes from this list. Would you like to share your thoughts on any of the topics we discussed today? We'd love to hear them. Email your thoughts to bschmidt, that's B-S-C-H-M-I-D-T, at frigidfluid.com, and I'll read them on the show.